Getting split. Getting split. Getting split. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 she's not dead. We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready, Chicago's premier divorce podcast. Our next segment is brought to you by Heartland Family Mediators. If you are looking to explore mediation, Heartland Family Mediators uh, is a great option. You can go to their website at uh, heartland-mediators.com. They do online mediation. They do uh, financial mediation. They do pro se mediation. And they also consult with your attorneys. So check out the website at heartland-mediators.com. So I went to a conference. It was the Association for Divorce Financial Planners and the Association or Academy for Professional Family Mediators, a lot of acronyms. And there was a great uh, workshop on divorce by generations. And it was pretty enlightening to think about the different ways that some, the demographic of their 20s, millennials, which are 20s and 30s, um, Gen X, Gen Y, uh, boomers, and then I forget the word for people over 70, but there is one. Um, But there were some great statistics in this. And I thought we could talk about a little bit how our experiences with different demographics and how people can prepare or um, go into their divorce a little differently depending on their demographic. By the way, I think that's called, I saw, I was watching, I think it was Bill Maher I was watching and they were talking to Judge Judy. She was one of the guests and the silent generation is between boomers and. Is that it? The silent generation? The silent generation is apparently what they're called. I didn't even know that until then. I'll have to look and see what it is. And they're uh, what age? The ones under boomers, but but before, the, and I don't know what comes after boomers. No, after boomers is the uh, silent generation, also known the traditionalists, born in 1928 to 1945. Well, huh? I, sh- I watch too much TV. I said I should be on Jeopardy, but what is so one of the most interesting statistics that still um, in 2011 in the U.S. one third of all divorce filings contained the word Facebook. Wow, isn't that? Cr- I mean, it's. Not it is surprising, but it isn't. In the petition, that's that's, and they're not divorcing their Facebook profiles. It's their spouse, because <laughs> that would be good. So are oh, they? Sorry. So the question is, how does it contain it? Right, it's probably some sort of parameters around how Facebook can be used, or is do you know if that's saying that that's in the petition, or is that uh, or just in somewhere in the in the case there is a motion of dealing with Facebook. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the case because it says in yeah. filings. Yeah, I, I, petition I, I, for I de- dissolution. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I believe that Facebook and so, social media issues in general are, are definitely a new territory. Not a new territory. It's a it's just increasingly litigated territory. Yeah, we we had we did a show on that. It was and this was 2011. Yeah. So this was eight years ago that it was this prevalent. So wow. it's only gotten better. It's only gotten better. Well, no, but I think this is an interesting topic because for me, I'm typically dealing with someone who's a house, which means they're going to be in a certain age bracket. What do you both see generationally different? Do you do you tend to find that the people who work with you are your age and they just it just generally happens that way? Or do you find it goes across the board? And what differences do you see? Go ahead. I'd rather you did. All right. <laughs> Canadian standoff. I like that. <laughs> uh, my practice, uh, I would say, encompasses a pretty significant percentage of gray hair divorces. Um, hmm. And uh, not a lot of, you know, I mean, there are millennials, but but it's much greater percentage of longer marriages, uh, baby boomers, a lot of baby boomers. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, 
the gray hair divorces, I think, are, are actually harder in a lot of ways because you're dealing with, um, you know, sometimes end of life issues. Um, state planning comes into play. Um, at least you have to consider that in, in the process. Um, Social Security, there, you know, uh, pensions that are already in pay status. Um, all of these things are, are different parameters than what you might find in a baby boomer generation divorce or someone who's still, you know, someone who's younger. The three ways that they said the generations were kind of different when it came to divorce was uh, in terms of parenting, mm -hmm. in terms of economics, and then also in terms of technology, which we kind of just touched on too. Um, one of the interesting t statistics though was when it comes to the Gen Xers, that it's a very resilient and DIY generation because it's the latchkey kids, right? It's the generation that was in statistics, the least parented <clears throat> group of people that have come uh, through our country. So they're the ones who don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me how to do it. I'll let you know if I want help. And they're also the least trusting. So that's an interesting demographic to try and reach out to. And, and that's a, in some ways for the attorney, a, a challenging personality to deal with because that's a difficult person to, uh, uh, they want to run their own divorce. Mm -hmm. They won't let you run it. And that can be an issue. And what age group is that again, the Gen Xers? Gen Xers are born from 1965 to 1980, so currently age 38 to 53. Okay, yes, that definitely makes sense to me yeah. because, well, I'm a Gen Xer, but... Um, yeah, I think people were a lot more, I know growing up I was, you know, on my own a lot and my parents kind of were checked in on me once a week. <laughs> no, but I mean, we... Filled the cupboard with food, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, filled my water dish. <laughs> but no, we, we, we had a lot more independence. We w didn't have helicopter parents like they do nowadays. So yeah, I was in, even in my divorce, I was much more independent. I thought, well, yeah. I'll kind of run this show and, you know give my lawyers some, you know, a little bit of feedback, but, um, Gen so X is the most educated. Mm -hmm. Gen X defines themselves by their work ethic. Yes. So we can just buckle down and do it ourselves. Yes. No one helped us when we were 12. Like it's that whole. Yeah. You tend to think I can do this and I don't have to ask for as much help as, and, and I, that's not the healthiest way to go through a divorce. You want a big support system. What, what, what is the thoughts on though? Like, multi-generational right let's say you have people with a 15 year difference in age you've really got mm -hmm. people from two generations how would that change the face of divorce in your opinion my answer to that you is mean, always financial in a couple you mean like yeah. the couple is big age oh okay i don't know the same big age gaps depends on i think what phase of life they're at yeah okay it's it's more challenging for financial planning purposes when it comes to long-term care, when it comes to Social Security planning or pension planning. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, divorce, yeah. You know, I joke with my husband who's most of the year nine years older than me, but for three months it's 10. So I say he's 10 years older than me. Um, the only time it really comes up is pop culture references, right? So he'll mention something and I'll glaze over and that's really the only time it comes up. But it comes up mostly, I think, in financial impact and probably in terms of uh, children and parents you know if you've got that much of a swing in an age differential uh, the older person's parents are going to need care sooner the younger person's children may I need it's care gonna, longer change coming coming down the pipe though because millennials whether we like it or not are having a pretty big impact on like the workplace and things like that so 
I think the the curve of change in how divorce is looked at is is very different, right? You're seeing an increase in prose, you're seeing less people get married, things like that. It'll be interesting to see when like Gen Xers who might be married to millennials have how that will change and how that how that will engage because I think you know Gen Xers and the generation before that probably looked at divorce a lot the same way. You know, you get a lawyer, you do that, you you kind of. They were also the children of the most divorces. That's when the divorce rate was rising through the eighties, seventies, and eighties. So they were the children of people getting divorced. I think they're more prepared Um, versus the millennials. I think. Well, I think that they're more resigned that it is a potential outcome. Correct. Mm -hmm. Statistically, Um, millennials though have more student loan debt than anyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. Less cash on hand across the board. but they also are the ones who are most focused on good credit, budgeting, um, use versus ownership is what uh, they talked about a lot. They want to be able to use an apartment, not necessarily own it, or a car, not necessarily own it. Um, and they've kept their money separate more often than other generations. Well, they're not getting, a lot of them aren't even getting married. They're not going to what? A lot of them aren't even getting married. They're just oh, kinda, right. They're getting married later for sure. I do see more couples and... I don't know what Cameron sees, but I see more couples that have a lot more separate finances in that thirty-something, forty, early forties. I was going to ask you, in that same, along that same line, mm-hmm. what what do you see from a trend perspective in you know, like the whole divorce coach thing? A lot of people don't get right. They, right. They're, they don't think they need it, mm-hmm. uh, and I know more and more attorneys are saying, "No, <laughs> you need it." Um, but um, with with that, are you seeing certain generations more open to having a divorce coach? Gosh, I, I've really had such a large span of ages, but um, if now that you're saying that, the, the bulk of the people that come to me are, you know, 40s and late 40s, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So that must mean they're more open to... Looking for that option. Not like the great, not the great divorce. No, um, I've had definitely. I've had you know, fifties and sixties, but the bulk of them, now that you're asking, have been in their forties, which goes more to that Gen X of Mm -hmm. don't tell me what I need, I'll figure it out. But I might hire a coach, or hire a personal trainer, or hire something like that to help me, to help me figure it out for myself, so to speak. Yeah, no, that. Um, I don't know what you see. I would agree with what same similar conclusions to what, what you've experienced. Um, I think that that uh, millennials and boomers even are more open to multidisciplinary approach to a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's been my experience. And then often gray hair category, it's just it's a new concept and it's just not something that it, it this should be a pretty binary experience. They have their way of doing yeah, that. Yeah, more cut and dry. Well, it's funny, and I don't know if this is generational, but this was the, one of the weirdest stories. So, so I, was at a, I was at a poker game and playing, and guys were talking <laughs> about different things. And this one guy said that, that he was never going to get a vasectomy. He had two healthy kids, never going to get a vasectomy. And the rationale was he and his spouse were both from divorced families, so, so they had, divorce was a realization. And he said he was less marketable after a divorce if he had gotten a vasectomy because if he were to marry, you know, a, a younger woman that he would, she would want to have kids. And it, it struck me as bizarre and crazy, but there was like this practicality. The pragmatic, I, this generational Gen X, yeah. practicality of saying, hey, you know what? 
keep the options. I might have to be on the market again and, you know. <laughs> Didn't want to reduce his optionality. It yeah. was it was crazy. I That one blew me away. Totally blew me away. Hmm. I think that can be reversed, right? Yes, it, they can. I know yeah. that by it's expensive. personal experience. Yes. Um, another thing they mentioned, too, is with millennials, um, a lot of them have separate property through gifts mm-hmm. from their parents, but a lot of them also have... Um, parents that have co-signed mm-hmm. for property or co-signed for student loans, which brings me to something. Uh, additionally, when you're talking about discovery, which we talked about earlier, a million years ago, I worked in banking. A lot of times, seniors want to put their children on their account because they want someone else to be on their account. Mm-hmm. If I've been on my mom's account for 10 years and she's got $100,000 in there, I own that account the same way she does in the eyes of the law. So to make that make sense in terms of marital versus non-marital property can be sticky, right? It, it can be very sticky. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that there's an argument that uh, we'd have to establish that's really money, that she doesn't use it. Um, and there might be a reimbursement claim going one way or the other to mom versus the marital estate. And if it's an account that's been around forever, the origin of those funds is probably not something that we can trace. It's probably not going to be that easy to... Well, it's not. I mean, banking records, unless mom has all of those, they just you just some of them are not available. Isn't it also and um, maybe this is my naivete, but isn't it also about keeping those funds very separate? I mean, the minute you commingle any kind of marital funds, they become marital. Yeah, it's called uh, transmutation. OK, uh, when the and what you very, said. Very <laughs> 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 I actually but have a, a question, though. It, 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 do you see, and, and I think I know the answer, spikes, right? So, you know, as I'm looking sort of kind of how we laid this out, talking a little about generations, right? But there's age, too, right? So generations part of it, life cycles part of it. I'm guessing that you see humps, right? So is mm-hmm. it? do you see people you see because that's when the kids are out of the house? A huge spike. I mean, it's a big a big. I would say transition point in, in for most people in their marriage and life. Uh, so yeah, that the empty nester divorces are, I mean, that's what we call them. Uh, I'm sorry. That em- empty nester empty divorces. Divorce, right. Um, you know, and you know, what's happening there usually is it's usually mom who's feeling the, the worst of it is the, the youngest child's gone off to college and, and, uh, and mom is, if she was stay at home, doesn't know what to do with herself, needs to really reinvent herself. And if, if the husband isn't helping that process along, then um, I, I think that that's a, you know, a, a high probability of divorce in that, at that phase. It's hard. Do you see a lot of the same? I do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it comes, you know, like you say, especially moms, uh, you know, wanting to, I don't know, fly, be free. But um, I've seen it with dads too. Yeah. They get to the point where the kids. Yeah, everything's kind of taken care of as far as everybody's reached 18 and now they're stuck by themselves. And yeah, it's a lot harder when there's no yeah, kids around say, to distract. More, more about people waiting it out and looking and saying, hey, you know, don't want to d- disrupt the kids or do anything like that. And then that's big. There are a lot of people that would, would have gotten divorced sooner, but yeah. for their kids. Um, and the other side of that coin is it's the life's too short side. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people just reach a point where, all right, whatever it is that's bothering them is just too much. And on top of that, they realize that the longer they stay in that situation, um, you know, 
the, the more they miss out on, on what they on the life that they could live. And especially when the when the kids are gone, they only have each other to focus on. So that's when it really becomes like, oh my, this is it, you know. And um, well, and we've done yeah. some great shows on pre-divorce counseling, and I think like that would be another interesting thing to talk about. We should write down for like a future show is like empty nest counseling where people are like, hey. Wow, I haven't seen you for twenty years, you know, because we've had kids, and you know, it definitely needs to be talked about more. I think yeah. I think people feel like they've failed or there's something wrong with their relationships when they feel a bit estranged after raising kids for twenty twenty five years. But if there was some semblance of structure around that, like okay, pre divorce counseling is a thing, yeah. and maybe dating again is a thing, and you know, figuring it out or pre empty nester counseling, pre empty nester counseling. The high schools should offer that, <laughs> <laughs> or when we pay all the money in tuition to colleges, when we're paying oh. our last year of tuition, it should come with an empty nester. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I like that. These should be business ideas. I gotta write these down. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, take us to our next segment. All right. Split ready, or getting split ready is brought to you by Split Ready. We get a lot of questions about why we do what we do. And people wonder whether we're pro-divorce. And we're not pro-divorce. We're actually very pro-divorce preparation. But we also very much espouse if you've got a friend or family member or someone who's considering divorce, send them over to Split Ready so that they start the process correct. You can find out more information at www.splitready.com. We're going to end the show really talking about Gray divorce, which is a kind of a generational thing, but I think it's more of an age-related thing. And and I think talking about when kids get out of the house, because although you might not actually be gray, that's kind of the age that we're talking only about. Only your hairdresser will know. Wasn't that an old Clairol commercial or something? Like, only the hairdresser <laughs> yes. knows. What you color just dated yourself. <laughs> but, you know, I would actually open it up to our panel. Like, what, what do you, how do you define gray divorce? Well, I don't know how, how other people define it, but I define it as, uh, as somebody who was really uh, approaching retirement age or already past it and still working, uh, or if they're both retired and they get divorced. That happens too. So I, that's, I would define it based on age. I, I have to echo, yes, exactly. I mean, sometimes it's pre-retirement, but... It's based on age. It's the yeah. boomer... Yeah, I was going to uh, say from a financial the, perspective. It's the boomer generation. Um I think that the general uh, is 55 and older, um, but it's the only growing demographic of divorce, right? So as a whole, divorce rates have gone down. We've talked about that before. Um, but the divorce rate in those over 50, I believe, has doubled in the last decade. What? Uh, depending on your statistics that you referenced, yeah. doubled. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I read something about no, that. No, I do have a question Today. on that. With I've read about strategic divorce, and a lot of the laws for getting on you know medicare and medicaid Mm -hmm. require you to almost become destitute so more and more people are actually thinking ahead because i think there's like three years between a certain amount of time that you have to wait between look back when you get the other look back period Mm -hmm. and people are actually choosing to get divorced put all of the debt in one person's name all of the assets in another person's name is that something that you're actually seeing Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he leaned forward to do that for those of you who can't see. On that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Uh, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was uh, kidding. Um, that's definitely something that it is uh, uh, that I've seen before. Um, it, I've seen it in the context of, um, you know, of somebody, uh, of p- people trying to plan ahead for Medicaid and empty out. As much as they can. Yeah, they, it's the like you have to go down to one hundred ten thousand yeah. or some kind of yeah. crazy number. What? Yeah, you have to go. You have to impoverish yourself to get on to get on Medicare. Cade. Is it Cade. Cade. Medicaid? Medicaid. Yeah. 
You, Took me you, years. I, I used get, to I get them mixed up. Um, yeah. So you, you really, and I, this is not something I'm an, I'm an expert on. It's just the divorce part of it. I get right. contacted to, to handle the divorce and I have to know a little bit about. about so when they come in, are they like, hey, here's why we're getting divorced. Like we actually really like each other, but. No, you know. it's usually not that. It's usually the the life's too short side of the coin is the reason for the divorce. But there's a financial benefit of. Oh, interesting. Of, you know, maybe paving the road to qualify somebody for. So they're still getting along enough to plan it out, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Usually they're they're not usually. Um, usually it's a, like a medical issue. Yeah. You know, one party is maybe has, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I do every time Alzheimer's. Right. You know, as an example, and that type of long term care goes on oh. for a very long time, uh, and that fact pattern definitely presents. Yeah, the statistics around long term care are pretty staggering. Um, Two of us are going to need it at some point. And if you need it, you usually need it for more than three years. That's the basic statistics is in this group of the Wait, four of us. The, 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 the women are going to need it? Is it well, one of us I isn't going to make it, I think, is what she's saying. No, um, <laughs> technically, doesn't really matter whether it's male or female, but you'll need it sooner than we will because we live longer than you. Yeah. No, statistically. because um, you guys kill us, but that's fine. Well, but planning for long-term care <laughs> is hard. And so even in a couple that's been... You know, married since they're 18 and savers planning for long term care is difficult. It's so expensive. It's outpaced inflation. It's outpaced everything else so much that to plan for that kind of um, implosion to your financial bubble. You know, if you've got less than 250000 as a married couple, you're going to run out of money at some point. If you've got more than $10 million, you'll probably be able to self-insure. Those people in the middle... They're going to feel a pretty big hit if they've got to spend 500, 800,000 over a time period to provide for long term care. And when you add that to the divorce equation, how do we, you know, we've been together for 35 years. We plan to take care of each other. We're not going to do that anymore. And we can't fund to have someone else do it. That's a tough discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on who's carried the health insurance, who's older. So there's a lot of different things to look at it. But when you're looking at retirement, or you're in retirement and then you're looking at divorce, it's not just about the assets getting divided, but the income streams. What kind of income stream, you know, nobody likes social security. Nobody gets rich off it or does cartwheels because they have so much money. They like that it comes every month. Where do we get those guaranteed income streams for people who've planned forever to be together and then aren't? Those are the bigger issues for the gray divorces. The financials get really complicated. I'm sure. I mean, just on the housing part, it's crazy. You know, like how do you afford housing? Like who wants to keep the house and things like that? Yeah, I just uh, had a workshop on reverse mortgages and I had kind of poo-pooed them in the past because I think they got a bad rap mm-hmm. a decade ago. Um, Tom Selleck likes them. They're not. Does, does <laughs> he do a commercial Selleck. for them? You think he's Tom getting Selleck paid and, and the Fonz, like right? Both of no them are no, really no, big no, on no. Really? Not Tom. Yeah. I haven't Henry seen it. You, uh, you watch more TV than I do. <laughs> I watch too much TV. I do watch too much TV. Um, <laughs> but, and you're the, the expert on the mortgages, but there were some interesting scenarios in which they made sense, and I think that they've been become more regulated. They're um, it's an FHA. It's yeah, an FHA loan now, right? You, they can't take your house away and things like that. The fees used to be heavy. Now the fees are a little bit less, um, but it's a good, it's a, a decent product for the right purpose. And usually, there's people who really specialize in them. You know, it's one thing I don't specialize in because I like, you know, if if someone needs that, they really need someone who can get them through it without without pain and and all the stuff that you're talking about are considerations and they really have to know how to look at things like that, so. Yeah, and I think social security comes into play. I think that most people know now about that 10-year marker for being married. 
um, that if you've been more married for more than 10 years, then you have a right to claim on your spouse's social security record. Um, what people may not realize is that you can't be remarried. Right. Um, that if you've been, you have to be divorced for at least two years before you can do that. So there's some little caveats in there that um, require more planning. Um, I was talking to Cameron before I went on the air. If a couple has a plan, you know, they've, I'm a financial planner. So if they've done what I tell them to do and we've had a plan and they've worked their plan and someone claims Social Security at 62, they claim early, they take that reduction because someone else is going to let their Social Security grow to 70 because mm -hmm. that's going to, the higher earner can grow more and then they get divorced. That person who claimed early, that reduction's permanent. Mm -hmm. They can't ever get back to that full Social Security. So they've reduced their income and the person who let theirs grow has more Social Security income. And that's a, you know, it used to be a three-legged stool where it was Social Security, savings, and pension. The pension leg has been wobbly for a good decade here now. Mm -hmm. So if you take the Social Security leg out, then your stool is going to topple. So figuring out how to even out that disparity in Social Security income makes uh, makes it more challenging for great divorces as well. Agreed. Well, it's a great subject. And, and I think, again, a great show tonight. I really want to thank our guests. Cameron Goodman, you want to end real quick again with if people want to get hold of you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, phone number is 630-474-6700 and website is goodmandivorce.com. And Colleen Honquist, if they want to get hold of you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, the best place is divorcecoalition.com. And if they're looking for organizational products, they can go on cdickandjanegetdivorce.com. One thing I want to plug before we close out, uh, our events calendar we've rolled out on our website. Uh, if you take the Split Ready assessment, you get a free membership on Split Ready to access items like our calendar where you can see divorce events going on in your area. And our pro network. And our pro network, absolutely, launching this week. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you listening to the Getting Split Ready podcast. We appreciate our guests. If you or someone you know is considering or going through divorce, go to splitready.com, take the assessment, find out if you're split ready, and remember that you can get through your divorce, divorces, haha, <laughs> slip, you can get through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and maybe some of your sanity intact. <laughs>